When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome. Welcome to Fearless with Jason Whitlock. I am Jason Whitlock, your host. Happy Wednesday. It is hump day. We're halfway through the work week. And boy, uh, do we have a great show planned for you today. The news cycle, I can't tell if it's working for us or against us, but there's no Donald Trump news to report other than the grand jury in Manhattan is not meeting today, so Trump is not going to be indicted or charged today, but it's still the most fascinating story going on in America unless you scratch and sniff beneath the surface. And so we're gonna talk about that with Royce White again today, the Donald Trump story, but we're also gonna talk with, hopefully, hopefully we plan to talk with uh, Dom Luker, who's been on this show before. Uh, I, I don't know if you guys remember Dom, but he's was a member of Blexic. He lives here in Nashville. He's got this really growing and seemingly very important Twitter feed that's pumping out some very sensitive and controversial information. He's blowing up a lot of narratives. I think that's what he calls himself, a breaker of narratives over Twitter. And over the last couple of days, he's been going really hard at the Biden camp and Hunter Biden's laptop. And I'm starting to think, and we'll ask Dom, hopefully if, if he comes on today via Skype, I'm going to ask, is he in the middle of what seems to be a feud and a war between Joe Biden and the Department of Justice or the law enforcement, the federal law enforcement arm, or just, I, I don't know, Alvin Bragg's, you know, works in Manhattan. He's not federal. But, but is Dom somehow in the middle or a player in this culture war or this just war that's being waged against Donald Trump? It seems like Dom is an ally of Trump's and is fighting back and is th throwing in the face of the Bidens. And today, uh, I feel like the Clinton camp, like, okay, you guys want to play rough? Say hello to my little friends. Say hello to all this information that I have about your misdeeds. Uh, I, I want to unpack that with Royce, and I really want to unpack it with Dom. I'm hoping that uh, Dom comes on. He's been very busy and he's asked for prayers and I get why, because he's going after the Bidens and the Clintons and the whole left in a way that we just haven't seen and probably wouldn't even be possible if Elon Musk hadn't taken over Twitter. D Dom Luker is risking a lot by arguing the other side and exposing 
highly sensitive information that when I saw some of it yesterday, I was like, I don't know what to think. Is this real? I mean, I, I knew the Hunter Biden laptop was was bad, but I did not know it was this bad. And so I, I want to bring Royce in immediately and just ask Royce uh, and Royce, you know, love you to death. But we reached out to Steve Bannon and was hoping to get Steve on today just because I just need somebody to come in and try to walk me through. What are we witnessing here uh, with Donald Trump and why he, he said last week, I'm getting arrested on Tuesday. It hasn't happened. There were rumors and reports that the grand jury was going to issue an indictment today. That's not happening. And they're not even meeting. There just seems to be a lot of wrestling and negotiating going on behind the scenes. And, and last night I was watching Tucker Carlson and, and I was they were speculating about like, what kind of threat is Trump if they'll go to these lengths to try to stop him? And, and, and it made me think like, oh, this isn't just about political power. They're, they're fighting and going after Trump like their lives are at stake if he isn't stopped. But I, I, I want your read. What, what, do you th what should we read into these delays and reports and rumors? What should we read into this? Well, there's a lot that, that, that we should read into it. The first thing that everybody has to accept is that if it wasn't for shows like Fearless, if it wasn't for shows like War Room and, and, and some of the others out there who are um, lone wolves, in, wolves in, in the wilderness trying to give people the proper information, the American people would be completely uh, misinformed through an intentional disinformation program. And, and you are looking at a... Um, a Rubicon of of misinformation, a Rubicon of a Leviathan federal government that has reached in multiple directions, multiple tentacles, plenty of little little sex and agencies that have their own little silo of information that they're in charge of and their own little role in this globalist agenda and the expansion of the federal government and tyranny, eventual tyranny, event, eventual uh, one world government. And you're seeing that play out. So sometimes people's wires get crossed. Right. I mean, there's a there's a threshold. There's a threshold. There's a there's a capacity to the ability to uh, communicate across such a broad plan. Right. But what you're looking at effectively is the security state is sitting back. They're reading the tea leaves. They're reading the wind and saying, how can we execute this? And the reason why is because Donald Trump is one of the most electric, most uh, um, one of the most energetic grassroots political figures in this country's history, especially in the recent history, in the post-World War II democratic liberal order history. And, and regardless of Donald Trump and all his many flaws, the neocon, neoliberal world, world order is deathly afraid of Donald Trump, mostly, even if you want to say, just because they can't predict what he'll do. He's unpredictable. Uh, and so you're seeing them scramble right now to figure out when it'll be time to to bring down the hatchet. And, and if, if, and if, in the long run, it even makes sense to try and do this right now. Can they carry it out legally? It's all a gauge to see where the American people are. I, I, I agree with that, but, but I'm just telling you, last night as I was watching Tucker's show and just thinking about it, and, 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 and I want to be honest with the audience, 
I took a lot of heat for Monday's show. You know, the, the Trump supporters upset with me for saying the man needs to repent and for, you know, just not totally caping up for Donald Trump. And, and, and I don't have a problem with people being upset with me. I don't have a problem with people saying, I F Whitlock, I'm never watching the show again. And, and so I'm not saying this as a backpedal. I'm just saying it as a, like, coming into a higher level of enlightenment in terms of the, where some of the audience may already be that, that I wasn't there. And, and I'm, as I'm watching this play out, I, I really am just like, is this really just about political power and who controls the White House? And, and, and it's, it's far deeper than that. This isn't about getting voted out of office. No. I, it, it makes me say the crimes that the other side must have committed, that they don't want exposed, that they don't want people waking up to, must be so enormous that they're willing to break every precedent that's ever been stayed, uh, ever been adhered to in American politics, and they're willing to some trumped up charges. Because look, I've been blown away at what they've done to the January 6th people, even though I predicted it the day that it happened. I was like, oh, they're gonna throw these people in dungeons and we may never see them again. I, I said yeah. that the day January 6th happened. But, but to see them go after a, a former president at the same level. They want to do the same thing to Trump that they did to the January 6th people. It, it just makes me say, and then when I look at, I don't know if, if you've been following Dom uh, Lickers, Lukers uh, mm -hmm. Twitter threads, but the stuff he unleashed yesterday about Hunter Biden and, and what's on that laptop, it blew me away and it made me say, this is what they're afraid of. The, the, there is some sex ring. There is some sexual deviance that they're all in on that they want to hide. And Trump keeps pointing the finger. Like, and, and he's even insinuated Ron DeSantis and that, that, that they're all in on this. And, and that's, I'm starting to think that's what they're afraid of. Well, well, your intuition is right. And first off, I want to say I, I, I didn't, you know, I'm a rising figure, a rising voice in this this nationalist populist movement. And I've, I've, I was brought in by Bannon and other figures like that. But really, I was brought in by my own intuition about these these narratives that are being played out through the mainstream media industrial complex. I know people laugh when I say that, but it's it's important for me to reiterate the terminology because Pfizer has no problem uh, propagandizing your brain on a daily basis. So uh, why should we who are trying to tell the truth? Um and that's not propaganda, but I mean, you know, we need to repeat the things that are true just as much as they repeat the things that are false. Um, I didn't have a problem with anything you said on Monday. I think Donald Trump should repent and and his spiritual standing uh, will come down to bear and play out in, in the overall trajectory of this fight for freedom and, and sovereignty and, and uh, uh, you know, a, a Christian nation or, or the, the ability to have faith in God at all. So I think it's it's important for Donald Trump to repent. The question is, uh, should his repentance slow him in his need to call out these very urgent, very depraved, very secret, dark matters? And on that front, I would say absolutely not. His his relationship with repentance is his own personal lifelong journey 
what we're faced with, with this neocon, neoliberal shadow government, um, deep state, and even more importantly, the administrative state that's right out in your face, throwing it in your face, we need to address that right now. And in fact, we should have addressed it when they blew Kennedy's head off. And I think that's what people like Tucker and even some more mainstream people are now starting to get wind of and go, wait a minute, this is way beyond out of control. No matter what Donald Trump's personal flaws are, this is way outside the scope of whatever what, what could ever be recognized or deemed as American citizenship. And 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 the sex ring thing is is 100 percent real. I mean, if you I, I don't know why Bannon didn't didn't come on the show. I'm sure, you know, he's really a busy guy. But if if people busy. want to and this is this isn't a shameless plug, you know, I, we, we we aired an interview with Bannon last night. Um, where we went into this banking crisis. And, you know, these are the these are the the articles I have here on my desk. The Swiss banking system, the Swiss banking system. These are the people who even the Nazi war machine left alone and said, hey, we got to have a neutral banker to allow the transactions to happen. Because remember, Russia came in and they gave a bunch of crude materials to <coughs> Nazi Germany right in the beginning before Nazi Germany turned the war machine on Russia. Russia was giving them goods, oil, metals, things like that. And they needed a banking system to be able to make the transactions. The Swiss banking system fell in 24 hours. The Federal Reserve of Switzerland had to come in and smash UBS and Credit Suisse together. I don't think people understand the significance of the Swiss banking system going down and what it, what it indicates for the entire global economy that has a, a, a a gazillion dollars in, in unfunded liabilities and, and debt. And the reason I bring that up is because there, it's a twofer. One, all of these international cabal secret sex rings seem to be tied into this international banking cartel. Where do we think the Epsteins went to hold their money? Where do we think the, the Clintons and Pelosi's and all these people have been putting their slush funds for all this time? Right there in Switzerland. But the system is starting to crumble and topple on itself. And the people who have secrets need to do whatever they can to mitigate their risk. And that's what you're seeing. And with Donald Trump, none of them can depend on him to be what they call the steady hands in D.C. There's a term in Washington, D.C., the steady hands. Who can we count on when shit goes wrong to forego the moral and ethical consideration to stabilize the corrupt status quo. This is a, ask anybody you know from D.C. That's an insider that's played insider baseball. Who are the steady hands? Donald Trump may be a lot of things, but his hands aren't steady around corruption. And he showed that. He, he's shown it and, and but, but can you give me a, where is this going to land? Where is this? Are they going to indict him? Is he going to be put in handcuffs at some point? Or, or, or is he going to be able to fend and hold them off? Uh, because he seems to be willing to, and, and, and I don't want to, we'll ask Dom hopefully if he comes on, yeah. if he's connected to Trump and his people, but, or, or is Donald Trump going to continue to leak information and continue to push the envelope and force the citizen journalists to continue to expose the corruption that the corporate media will not. Well, ultimately, I think the legal case was weak to begin with. I mean, why are we even still talking about this whore? And even furthermore, why are we pretending like a Michael Cohen 
testimony isn't tainted. Of course it is. And I, and I have no dog in that hunt. I wasn't there. I don't know exactly what went down. But I know in a general sense, our legal system and this sort of lawfare corruption that the Republicans have been in on the whole time. Don't, don't get it twisted, Jason. The neocon machine, the mainstream Republican establishment has, has um, promoted, right, and it cucked for the rule of law this entire time, and they've never sat back to admit the one fact that the law can only be as righteous as the people who write the laws and the people who oversee and govern the law. This is what we talked about many times before. And we all did it for security. And the Republicans did it for security. The left, they give it up for materialism. They're on the Marxist radical materialism. But the right, they gave their freedom up for security. They gave the court tyrannical power for security. They gave Washington, D.C. corrupt tyrannical power for security. And in that way, it makes them cowards. But on a legal basis... This has no legs. It's a misdemeanor, and they want to upgrade it to a felony. Now, you can do that. You can do that if you have control of the legal system. It's just going to cost you in the eyes of the public. It's going to cost your credibility, and that comes to bear in their consideration. Now, as we've gone into time away from Kennedy getting his head blown off in the magic bullet theory, as we've gone into time, people are willing to accept more and more blatant tyranny at the behest of our legal system. The Supreme Court did a very, very important thing with Roe v. Wade, and, it, and it's not to say that that was the best possible outcome in the ruling, because I think they could have even, even been more pro-life in their ruling, but what they showed was, despite what the different branches of government and the small federal agencies may be willing to do, the Supreme Court is gonna hold some type of moral and ethical standard. And even if they brought this indictment against Donald Trump, I think they would be able to get it to the Supreme Court and eventually the Supreme Court would rule that this is unconstitutional and that it's targeted malicious prosecution. And I think they know that. So they still may try to do it. And if they do, knowing that the Supreme Court wouldn't hold it wouldn't hold up and he would never do the jail time. You got to ask yourself why they're doing it then. And then, and that's what I've been thinking about the last couple of days is if they know this won't hold up legally and they won't actually be able to convict him, which I don't think the Supreme Court would allow. Why are they doing it? They're doing it to be able to say that they're doing it to be able to shove a whore in our face for the next 18 months and have an excuse to do it when Donald Trump goes to run. And they're not doing it because he to, to beat Biden. They're doing it to prop up DeSantis. They're doing it to say Ron DeSantis has no baggage. And that's why you should go with the neocon substitute. And so DeSantis gets the primary win and he goes into a, a runoff nothing race against Joe Biden where he gets smoked. This is how the apparatus plays. This is how far in front they are. And some of our audience, they'll be in the chat. I guarantee you could clock it right now. You go in our chat and they'll go, it ain't that deep. It ain't that deep. Donald Trump's just a philanderer. He, you know, he messed up. He's a flawed guy, blah, blah, blah. No, it is that deep. You're not that deep. These people are playing intergenerational, corrupt, political, spiritual warfare. They're Satanists. They're telling you. What else do they have to say to you for you to understand how serious they are? And when I say they're serious, all I want you to realize is your life may be simple. You may wake up in the morning, go to work, pick your kids up from school, take them home, make them dinner, tuck them in bed, go to sleep and go wake up the next day and do it all over again. These people have the same exact schedule and figuring out how to fool you. And that's a fact. And they've admitted it. You have to accept it or else you're going to be a slave. And so I, I want to understand. Ron DeSantis is another guy that's capable of being a steady hand. Is yeah. 
part of what you're inferring and is willing to play. Because, I mean, the, the feud between he and Trump has confused me because I, but but I get Trump saying he's in on it, too. And that's why he's picking at him. Uh, it, but, you know, with with the kind of things Trump is saying about DeSantis, I don't I get why DeSantis is fighting back and and pushing back. If someone were out insinuating I was a groomer and that perhaps I had had, uh, you know, homosexual sex, I, I, I would be fighting back if I were Ron DeSantis. Yeah. But and so I, I, I can't be mad at, at Ron DeSantis, but I, I'll just say this. I, I, this whole thing has baffled me and, and challenged me all week. And, and yeah. I, I come down today with like tr- Trump is the because the, I want them all exposed. They're saying and I'm ready. Let's get it on. They, they I, I sit here and when you bring up JFK and I think about it all the time, I was like, man, they killed this dude right out in front of everybody and came up with some bogus thing. It's caught on tape and they, oh, magic bullet. And we went for that. If they're willing to to assassinate someone in broad daylight, this stuff they're doing with 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 Trump is like child's work, play, child's uh, play in, in comparison. But Royce, I think they know at this point if they assassinated Trump, we would have civil war the next day or that night, whereas they could get away with assassinating Kennedy. Well, the sentiment well, two, two things. First, to your point, I don't, I don't want. Look, Trump has the tendency, in the unique position he's in, with all the guns aimed at him, to get a little salacious in his response. Okay, I, I would say that even his closest advisors and people who wholeheartedly support his 2024 bid would say that about him. In some ways, that makes him dangerous. In some ways, that's a quality that we need to accept right now versus the alternative of being the steady hands where you can count on his response at every turn. His unpredictability makes him dangerous. It makes him uh, a break in the norm in D.C., especially for a former president or a potential president candidate. But but he gets into the salacious a little bit. None of us can say whether Ron DeSantis is involved in any of these satanic child sacrificing sex rings. None of us can say the nature of the sex that Ron DeSantis has had. That's ridiculous. Uh, we don't. We shouldn't even go there. I'm not really concerned about what Donald Trump is doing with Stormy Daniels either. I think all of that is low level for foreground WWE window dressing politics to distract from the pertinent questions. Now, what I will say about Ron DeSantis is he's a fence rider and he's a smart enough fence rider to understand there's a nationalist populist energy out there that either needs to be crushed or it needs to be co-opted. And this is the thing, this is the assessment and consideration that any prevailing controlling class or ruling class has to consider with any movement whether it's the far left, whether it's the Time's Up movement, whether it's Black Lives Matter, whether it's the rise in technology, all of these things. And that's why you saw Silicon Valley Bank and Big and Signature get smoked out because big tech was getting a little slap on the wrist to say, hey, the money still controls the game. You, you can still be a sacrificial pawn when we press the button. But, but we'll talk about that a different day. Um, they have to consider the nationalist populist movement because it has the greatest grassroots energy in a long time in this country. And and so Ron DeSantis, as a very intelligent candidate, 
is fence riding. He knows to call out the blatant ridiculousness of the LGBTQ church curriculums. He knows to fight against the vaccine. Man, These things seem like a big deal to us by comparison because the other politicians are all in. So if he says that, it's like, oh, that's a stand up and honorable thing. No, I don't give people stand up credit and honorable credit for doing exactly what they should do. In fact, at a time when the entire landscape gravitates towards this norm of lunacy, the person who steps up and says the obvious common sense thing, I go, well, what game is he running? We should question everybody. I said it before. Who are these people? Who is Ron DeSantis? He comes from Yale University. Skull and Bones. Now, I'm not saying that he's a member of Skull and Bones, but that whole Ivy League University uh, fraternity, neocon, neoliberal order had its origins where it did, and it's right there in their notes. It's right there in their meetings. I'm not saying this is a secret society play. What I'm saying is the people that come out of those institutions, we should be skeptical of because there's no good evidence that that Ron DeSantis is any different than George Herbert Walker. There's no good evidence. They come from the same intellectual tradition and the intellectual tradition isn't Satanism necessarily. It's steady hands politics. It allows the people to have idle hands so the devil can play. So Ron DeSantis is still, uh, you know, it's a debate about where he is. And I think in my heart that Ron is watching and I hope that the spirit, that the, that the hand of the Holy Spirit will, will touch him and guide him and we can, and he will come along in his journey to be who we need him to be to save the nation. We're going to need more than Donald Trump. And Ron right now could have a spiritual awakening and say no at every level to the steady hands and corrupt status quo. And we need him to do that. Thank you, Royce. I got to keep it moving. <clears throat> Hopefully uh, we're going to continue this conversation with Dom Luker. He's really put out some incredible information over Twitter. Can't vouch for all of it, but I certainly want to ask him about it. Uh, I also want to tell you guys <laughs> about something dramatic that's going on. Cue the dramatic music. Uh, this is a public service announcement. Manscaped now has beard products and is going even further with their brand new Weed Whacker 2.0. Go ahead and tell the world the leaders in the below the waist grooming are traveling north of your South Pole <laughs> with their revolutionary grooming products. The new Weed Whacker 2.0 and their new beard lines confirms they have all the best tools for your hygiene toolbox. Time for you to upgrade your game by going to manscaped.com and using our promo code FEARLESS for 20% off plus free shipping. Gentlemen, the Beard Hedger Pro Kit is the ultimate package. With this, it's easier than ever to craft your signature look. It all starts with the cordless electric Beard Hedger. The Beard Hedger is tough on hair but smooth on your face, leading to a single stroke efficiency that brings satisfaction one stroke at a time. This waterproof cordless trimmer has a rotary wheel that gives you 20 hair cutting lengths all with one guard, so no more messy drawers full of extra add-ons. Once you have your face looking great, you can have to try Manscaped's Performance Package 4.0 for full body grooming experience. The great news is that the Performance Package 4.0 now comes with the Weed Whacker 2.0 and all the other below the waist grooming products Manscaped is known for. This brand new Weed Whacker 2.0 offers improved blades and skin safe technology with no tugging guaranteed. It's never been so painless to mind your man holes. 
So get 20% off and free shipping with our code FEARLESS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off. I got all this stuff at home. I use it. It's great. 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com. Just use our promo code FEARLESS. Always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. All right, I want to also tell you guys about uh, an email I received or a note I received about uh, people hopping on board uh, with our roll call event. And I just want to share these two guys, Martin O'Connor and Bradley Waller. These guys uh, signed up for roll call, and then I believe yesterday they upgraded because they wanted to come to the breakfast. And so that required us to send them a, a refund and from for the tickets they had previously bought. They bought the general admission tickets, they upgraded so they can come to breakfast with us here at the studio, talk with me for a couple of hours, eat breakfast with us, see the studio, the whole nine yards on Saturday morning. And so we informed them that, hey, uh, we owe you a refund, and their response was, hey, could you figure out a way to give that 100 bucks a piece, 100, 200 bucks, could you figure out a way to give that to Preborn. <laughs> Obviously that warmed my heart, and so I wanted to show uh, Martin and Bradley that we did that today. That's me uh, right there personally donating to uh, Preborn uh, $250 in your honor, Martin O'Connor and Bradley Waller. Uh, guys, I told you, I love Preborn. I love those of you that support our sponsors. This is no, same thing goes for Manscaped that, that I say about all of our sponsors that are supporting our values, our way of doing things that are keeping this show afloat so that we can have these conversations. Where else in the mainstream media can you have the conversations that we're having? You can't. You can't talk about the things that me and Royce just talked about if it wasn't for Manscaped and Preborn and people like you willing to step up and support these organizations. This same thing I told you guys yesterday about Patriot Mobile. I'm telling you about Manscaped. I'm telling you about Preborn. I'm telling you about Nugenics. You got to be willing to support the sponsors that support your point of view and keep content content like this available. You can't talk about Jesus on mainstream TV for the most part. You just can't. You, you can't talk about the things we talk about. You can't question the establishment and, and the, the hidden evil things that they're doing. You can't do it in mainstream corporate media. You got to be able to do it here, and that means you guys got to step up. So I just want to thank Bradley and Martin. You're appreciated. Keep the emails coming to me at fearlessblazeshow at gmail.com. Keep going to uh, fearlessarmyrollcall.com. Sign up. We want you here in Nashville with us. These guys are coming to breakfast. They'll be at the all-day Saturday event. I can't wait to meet all you guys. I love getting your emails, telling me you're coming, telling me which one of our sponsors you've supported. When you write and tell me, hey, I signed up for Roll Call. Hey, I bought Manscaped. Hey, I bought Patriot Mobile. Hey, I bought Preborn. Hey, I supported this, I supported that. It guarantees you're going to get a reply from me. Don't lie to me. Keep it real. But hit me on the email. Let me know. You'll hear back from me 
uh, promptly. Uh, thank you so much. Hopefully, <laughs> Dom, Dom Luker next. Atheists, the secular world, the culture uses our imperfection, our sins to take, shut up. You, you're, you can't stand on truth. And if all it was was imperfection, it eliminated us from standing on truth, this would be a very quiet place. I'm trying to be as loud as I can and as transparent as I can to try to inspire other men. We know you're imperfect, you know you're imperfect. God's grace and mercy, mercy gives you the right to stand on his truth and to speak that loudly into the culture, and we, we have to do that. You can look around and say, these guys have taken over everything. They own the CDC, the NIH, they got the president. Is transgender surgery for children? Colleges today are nothing but leftist indoctrination centers working fully against the Bible. What's the alternative? So you're gonna stop fighting today and you're gonna let the government raise your kids? And you're gonna turn around and let them chop off your 12-year-old daughter's breasts and let them sterilize your son and tell him that he's a girl? And you're gonna let them make the Bible hate speech? You're the last line of defense here because nobody else is gonna do it and God's gonna walk with you. This is literally worth dying for. Absolutely. I'm telling you, so it's like everybody, that's a nice little metaphor. This is it. If there's a hill to die on, this is it. The Overton window has been moved right in front of our children's bedrooms. And there are all types of people that are trying to climb up in the ladder. And every good father should be on his post so that when they peek their head up over the, the window sill, you kick the ladder back down, let them know you, you move on to the other house because we're not playing that around here. Sometimes just standing up, just saying no, we're not going to do that. Not my marriage, not my kids, not my family, not my community, not my church, not my city. Just declaring that, that's victory enough in prepping his disciples. He tells Peter, he's like, listen, Satan desires to sift you as wheat, but I've prayed for you. We're going to face some ups and downs in life and we're not going to always get it together. But if we stay on the path, if we stay chasing after, running after Jesus, running after his way, he's even praying for us. Now, I, I like it when you pray for me, Jason and TJ. I appreciate that, but to have Jesus pray for me, that makes me feel pretty good. When you make it through this sifting process, go back and strengthen your brothers. So we all have a responsibility as men. Once he's delivered me through this, I have a responsibility to go back and bring some other folk out. You do a roll call to just let people know you're not alone, be confident in your positions, and we're gonna inspire you. We're gonna eat, fellowship, listen to some music. It's gonna be the first of many roll calls that we do. So we're looking for soldiers. We're gonna put on our best uh, recruiting pitches for soldiers. Quoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline.
Welcome back. Uh, Dom Luker has uh, consented to give us some time today, and we're really appreciative. I believe Dom is revealing himself to be one of the most important follows over social media. I, I have to say, I'm halfway afraid of Dom just because the information he's providing and promoting over social media is so uh, damaging, enlightening, provocative, uh, interesting. There's like, my God, what are they going to do to Dom? And <laughs> do I want to be there when, when it happens? And, and I say that half jokingly. I say that that we should be praying for Dom, and we will be as a team uh, tonight. We have a Wednesday prayer uh, that we do as a team, and we're going to mention Dom in our prayers. Uh, Dom, welcome back uh, to Fearless. Dom asked for prayers over social media, and, and I know why. Uh, Dom, I want to start with, you know, the thing you tweeted out yesterday, the three, oh man, I just lost it. Let me, where did, I just had it called up. You, you tweeted out some Hunter Biden information. Hold on, who is messing with me right now? Uh, <laughs> I just had it called up. I, oh, here it is. Hunter Biden's list of 25,000 personal sex photos and videos, including pedophile content, Lady Gaga smoking crack cocaine, uh, Malaya Obama, minor at the time, having sex with Hunter Biden, as well as Hunter engaging in sexual activities with Caroline Biden, his cousin, and Natalie Biden, his niece, and even Ashley Biden, his sister. I read this, Dom, and I'm like, whoa. Mm. Do I believe it? Do I retweet it? <laughs> what? And I thought I was following this stuff close. And, and thought I knew what was on the Hunter Biden laptop, but you took things to a different level. And, and I'm just going to start with a very general question, Dom. Uh, why are you doing it? Hmm. Well, I wouldn't have went this far. You know, I like to, I like to, uh, I like to red pill Democrats a lot. I don't really try to, I don't you know necessarily just break the web with stuff like that, but they were talking about indicting Trump. And I said that if Tuesday come and they, they keep the same energy about indicting Trump when everyone knows that man don't deserve it versus all the criminals in DC that I was going to expose every lie. And I, I kept my promise. And so part of me, Dom is, is, is this just Dom as a solo one mad man that's like going to defend Trump and going to defend this? Or has someone asked you to do this? And I don't ask that in a negative way. I'm just, as a journalist, I'm trying to understand you're taking real risk here. I mean, if Elon Musk didn't own Twitter at this point, this information wouldn't be allowed under the previous administration. And no. it certainly puts you in the crosshairs of the Democrat establishment. Uh, did, did someone ask you or is someone assisting you in exposing this information? Nope, not at all. No assistant, 100 percent independent. Truth is, I want to run for Senate one day and living in Tennessee. Truthfully, I'm a really great fan of Robbie Starbuck and consider him a friend in London. Starbuck, they're great people. 
And I just witnessed how, whether you're a Republican or Democrat, you have to prove yourself to people. And even with him, like I just saw how he was able to come in Tennessee and get so loved by the people, but it wasn't until he was proving himself. I just saw what he did and how he transitioned from civilian to like politician. And me not being in politics, how can I prove myself to be worthy enough to be a Senate when I want to draw my name? Then showing the people that I work for them. The passion I have, I really want to be in politics. I don't like to influence the lifestyle. I've always wanted to be president since I was nine. So that's why I have a really strong passion for this. And I'm willing to die for it, too. Because, like I said, I've been Republican since six years old. And we've been losing since I was six. And I just... Yeah, I'm tired. I want to see a change. If it has to be me that step out there and try to bring it, I will. And so you've asked for prayers and we're going to give you some tonight. Uh, Have there been threats? Do you feel like you are in jeopardy? I have plenty. Yeah, I got a lot of threats. I was just hit up by, I don't know if he's Department of Homeland Security or whatever. But he was telling me on the 17th, he was like, yeah, one of your posts on the 17th that came up in a briefing with four or five. And he's like, just stay very safe. And later on that day, I got some information on some organizations that have me as a target now. And I get threats every day. Ever since I did the Ukraine thing, uh, yeah, I get crazy threats from NAFO. But I pretty much cook them. I bake them because (laughs) I got a lot of them banned, which they just ran into it. They've been bullying people for so long. Someone had to stand up to them. So the information as it relates to the Hunter Biden list of how confident, I mean, these are some really aggressive allegations. Hunter mm-hmm. Biden sleeping with one of Obama's daughters. Are, are you confident that that's accurate? I've seen people dispute that. I've seen Marco Polo try to dispute it. But my thing is this, this. Yeah, I'm 100% confident. I've dropped like 26 threads. I'm putting my whole reputation on the line for it. If it's wrong, then people will question everything else I've done. Why would I do that just for some clicks if I get a million views every thread? Like, even that won't reach some of my pictures of content that I make. I know how to go viral if that was the goal. That's not the goal of it. Um, so I'm hundred percent confident with it because I have the proof. I have this, uh, original files is the main thing I've seen the refute. The main refute is Chinese propaganda. And here's the thing with that. I'm hearing that they say the Chinese got the laptop like Marco. I don't know if it's Marco Polo's them refute, but I'm seeing the number one refute is that the Chinese got the laptop from the lab because the files came from him trying to get the laptop repaired. He sent the laptop to get repaired. They claim somehow the Chinese got it and then dropped it back off BS. This is why I say that there's a four minute and 52 second clip of Hunter Biden specifically stating that Russia has his information and has him doing very disgusting sexual things to very prominent people and their children. It's four minutes. And he's just going off on the Russians. Not once did he reference China. Not one time did he reference China, nor did not one time did Joe Biden reference China or were they working with China? It was a Russia, Ukraine problem. It's been a Russia, Ukraine problem. That was Russia that leaked Joe Biden, Hunter Biden's files. That was leaked from Russia specifically. Do you think the stuff you're putting out over social media is having an impact on how 
Alvin Bragg or the Democrat establishment is dealing with Donald Trump. When I look at today and no grand jury meeting, I say, amateur Perry Mason, I'm like, oh man, they're afraid of this Don Luker and, and what he's going to drop next. And, and you I might be more. backing them off a little bit. Well, I don't know. That's kind of bold for me to state that, but I have seen like all my threads, I'll say it's a blessing. I did the one with Carrie Lake. Carrie Lake retweeted it. Um, I did the one with Ukraine, and now I see African people signing up to go fight for war. Uh, not African people, but uh, people of the African continent going to fight for war. I see the 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 Cranstein's I did theirs and exposed them for being paid. And DNC influencers, JoJo from Jersey, blocked me. And I made uh, Brooklyn Dead go viral when I did that. Rob Reiner, I exposed him for working with Soros, and he went viral from that. Let's see. It seems every thread I made, it has like any time it's political, it's made a change. But I don't want to say that I affect the album Bragg, but I definitely stated that that was only about 2% of what I really have. The stuff you put out about Hunter Biden, you're saying that's only two, that's just a drop in the bucket. That's just 2% of which the kind of dirt you could put out there on them. Yeah, for a fact. Have you heard from anybody on the Trump team or the Trump side of this giving you a pat on the back or, excuse me? Nope. Nope. Um, Closest thing to it is Ryan McKenna, who's great people, uh, you know, Kayla McKenna's sister. She's very supportive. But outside of Ryan, that's the closest I got to Trump team. No one from Trump campaign ever reached out to me. I've never even spoke to him or anything. I think about it. No. And so, Dom, I got to ask this, and I I think you'll know where I'm coming from. It's I just don't think anybody would would think Dom Luker, guy with dreads hanging, you know, off his head, looks like he's uh, a part of a a rap group, (laughs) would be the guy that is, you know, fighting this hard and putting out this kind of information, it, 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 it sounds like, I don't know, too good to be true or just too, too weird to be true. That, mm-hmm. you know, someone with, with no political experience just comes out of nowhere and starts dropping these kind of nuclear bombs. I would, I would expect that for anyone that don't know me. There's not an industry I've been in that I haven't been awarded within the first two months. Not one, even when I was in the Army. And I served an E6 position and I was an E2. I've been awarded. I got awarded at Blexit, like I said, my first two months in. I was state director of the year. Um, I moved to Nashville. The first year I move out here, I get 40 on the 40 award. No, that's me. That's really me. My track record proved it, even in hip-hop. Like, um, oh, God, uh, man, we accomplished so much in hip-hop. But I was able to help us go viral a multitude of times for my marketing strategies. I've always had this talent. And the people around me have always been acknowledging it. Uh, my mom said I was going to change the world before she died. She truly believed it. My father does too. So, I mean, this is really me. And I hate to sound like so egotistical when I say that, but there is no one pulling strings behind me. I'm doing the research. I'm typing that up. I created a credit card Apple website. This is all me. How, 
<laughs> it's 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 an unbelievable story. I'm called a breaker narrative for a reason, you know. It's I just have a passion. I feel like we're living in something that so many people can change, and maybe the approach is right or what, but. I feel like we all tired. I've been able to get so many Democrats, so many black people with some of the things I put out. And I just, I don't know. I've always felt obligated to have to help. I'm sorry. I don't know if we were having technical difficulties, but repeat the last 10, 15 seconds of what you just said so that I, I, and I can't tell if it's on my end or if it was universal, but could you repeat that? Yeah, I was just saying pretty much my whole life, I don't really know why, but I've always felt like I was obligated to help. I've seen like, it's like we're in an invisible box. And I can just see it with the media on both sides of the way that things are typed up and the way that people are led and things like, even like if you notice in my threads, I reference mainstream media. Why? Because beyond their headline, they actually have the truth in there. Yeah, they have it all the way at the bottom without no pictures around it. And that's intentional. They'll actually have the truth in paragraphs where where it's not appealing. They make the truth as unappealing as possible. And they have the nice big headline, you know, like the, the Epstein thing. They were saying <clears throat> Trump and Epstein alleged relationship history. So you look at the title, you think like, oh, wow, you're already thinking bad about Trump. And you scroll all the way down without no pictures. It'll say that even that they have proof, they'll say allegedly Trump banned him from Mar-a-Lago. Like you guys have billion dollar budgets. How can you state this is allegedly if they say there are court documents to prove it? You can't get access. Like, that's the simulation they be having us in, and it's BS. I just, I'm able to see through that stuff. I'm just tired of it. Like, someone got to call them out and hold them accountable, man. So today you released a thread in your style similar where you say, hey, I'm going to prove that Donald Trump, you know, partnered with Jeff Epstein, and then you release facts that contradict that and show that, you know, now Donald Trump is actually a guy who outed and contributed to, got the ball rolling on uh, Jeffrey Epstein, you know, being held accountable for what he was doing. Walk us through your thread today. Let's see, I have to open it, because I had just made it. I know it started off with Business Insider. Let's see. Starting off a business item, it just shows how, like I was stating, they were listing allegedly that Trump banned him from Mar-a-Lago in the past. And then I went ahead and pulled up the Palm Beach Circuit Court stating the 15-year-old that Trump claimed that Epstein was trying to recruit in Mar-a-Lago in, on July 23rd, 2006. On this court document right here, it verifies that the individual was trying to be recruited for prostitution and was underage. And scrolling down to the next one, it'll show that Ron DeSantis, and I know a lot of people giving him flat, but the truth is he, he truthfully did uh, try to get these documents released, the ones from 2006, which verified that Trump not only kicked, you know, that girl, well, kicked him out of Mar-a-Lago after the incident, but it also that it led the ball to get rolling for getting Epstein locked up. So, he tried to release that actually on January the 1st, 2020, and they denied it like two months later. So he wasn't able to get those, and it's still confidential. On July the 18th, 2019, Trump addressed, you know, the whole Epstein rumors with C-SPAN, 
saying the same thing that he very, uh, kicked him out a long time ago. Don't have a good relationship with him. Then we see the Alpha David. Well, nope, it's not even Alpha David. It was actually a video. It's a video clip, but they got the transcript. So it's a video transcript on June the 7th, 2019, about 2,000 pages of Epstein records released on Manhattan Second Circuit Court of Appeals. And former Mar-a-Lago employee Virginia L. Goffrey submitted video disposition November 14th, 2016, alluding to Epstein claims of Trump being his friend lack proof. A lot of people will state how Epstein said him and Trump are friends, but oh, it's alluded to that he used that uh, just to try to act like he was close with Trump or even to try to discredit him. It was well known that Trump didn't like Epstein. He was doing that for no reason. She stated that not only he wasn't seen at Epstein Island, he didn't see him at Mar-a-Lago after any of the incidents. Uh, there was four or five different locations they asked, did they see Epstein? They said, Island, no. Mexico, no. New York, no. And, of course, Palm Beach, no. So there was a multiple accounts of someone that was not only recruited by Epstein, this was the woman that was sold to uh, Prince Andrews. So she has no problem with exposing powerful men, if that be true. If she's got the balls to expose Prince Andrews, she could expose Donald Trump. But, you know, going a little further, New York Post released on uh, June the 7th, 2009, that Jeffrey Epstein's arrest was linked to the probe. So that information that Trump notified the authorities, they made a probe, which went ahead and went to the Manhattan DA. That probe was verified on June 7th, 2009, to being the thing that led to the Manhattan prosecution. Bradley Edward, the attorney for a few of the women against Jeffrey Epstein, he stated that Donald Trump was the actually only man or woman in politics that provided information and was willing to. He said, I'll give you whatever you need, however much time you need. Moving forward, Donald Trump stated on February 27, 2015, CPAC, that Bill Clinton had an issue with the island and that Jeffrey Epstein was part of the issue. My thing is with the people that claim with Trump and Epstein, are they having a relationship? Why would he draw attention? to his self. If he's talking about Bill Clinton, if he's in the same boat with Bill Clinton, why would he encourage people to look into it by bringing up those names? The flight logs, which I attached, show Bill Clinton, which I attached original flight logs, and it showed Bill Clinton flying at least 27 times on the Lolita Express. You can't find Donald Trump anywhere on any flight logs heading to the Epstein Island. Donald Trump did more for human trafficking than any other president. On February 23rd, 2017, Trump vowed to end human trafficking. That's when we start seeing the media went absolutely nuts, which is one of, I'll play a lot about the Harambe thing, but it was all at the same time. The truth is, as soon as Trump ended, uh, announced that he was going against human trafficking, all hell broke loose in America. In addition to DHS funding to support National Human Trafficking Hotline, DOJ granted help victims on human trafficking, the White House reported the following on October the 1st, 2017, and on 30, uh, September 30th and 2018, that human traffic convictions rose significantly. So under President Trump, we saw the, app, we saw the most convictions in human trafficking in American history. Uh, including that on the last day of 2019, on 31st of December, Trump proclaimed January as National Slavery and Human Trafficking Prevention Month. We still don't hear nothing about that now. So tell me what the Democrats really care about. Calling the crime of trafficking and to humanity that tragically reduces all parts of the world. When Trump was providing how serious human trafficking was for his administration, 
tech giants like Mark Zuckerberg were calling him the worst thing that ever happened to America. Zuckerberg was quick to censor Trump. So when will he announce the Bloomberg article and this Bloomberg article that states Zuckerberg met a leader's face human trafficking allegations? The next one shows how the national file verified Democrats fight President Trump anti-trafficking efforts. So my simple question was, how can you simply go against saving children? On January 2020, President Trump signed an executive order on combating human trafficking and online child exploitation in the United States. That's where we start seeing the bans of things like, uh, what did we get? Uh, the, you know, the Craigslist purchases and all those things that somehow the left say he was limiting freedom of speech. And um, what else we had? Backpage, he banned all that during that stuff. They claim he was banning freedom of speech. The man really was fighting for kids. How could you go against that? In addition to that, on January 31st, 2020, Trump signed an executive order on combating human trafficking, including the creation of a new White House position that has to be dedicated to the task. About one in every 800 people in the United States are living in modern slavery. Walk Free Foundation. It is confusing when you consider how President Trump was unable to get approved for his $5 billion budget for a border wall, but we sent Ukraine over $40 billion in a few months. On February 11, 2019, Trump said people... Some people think human trafficking is an ancient art. And I finished it with, you don't have to like Trump, but think how the media attacks him. There is something they are hiding. To understand how far Trump went to eradicate human trafficking, please take note of what he provided for Epstein. And I released the Epstein case 18-2688 and all of the files, audio files and videos and documentation. Let me end here for today. <laughs> With this, how you just walked through your your thread today, and and people that have said and alleged like, hey, there's a sex ring that's in control of American politics and on and working on behalf of pol the Uniparty, particularly the left. People have called that a conspiracy theory, and we're all Alex Jones, but. I think if I'm reading what you're putting out and pushing out with the Hunter Biden, which what you did with Jeffrey Epstein and Donald Trump, you authentically and justifiably believe that much of what we're seeing in America is about uh, protecting people involved in the sexual traffic of young people and that there is a pedophile sexual trafficking ring that's in control of a lot of American politics. Is, is that well, accurate? I couldn't necessarily say that's accurate because I simply just provide facts to people. They'll have to tell you that answer because the majority voice is what's the most important. I'm a journalist. I'm simply reporting dates. I don't add my own input. I don't say, I think it's so wrong. You know, this and that. I'm simply saying on this day, on this day, on this day, on this day, this happened. This happened, which links it to that. So I would ask someone like you with the facts provided, what do you think? Because you're a reader. Me, I can't tell myself. I'm a journalist, sir. <laughs> so. Well, you put the tinfoil hat on me. And yes, I, I, I'm, I believe based on all the facts you're pointing out and based on what I'm seeing, these these people have a problem with kids. They want to murder them in the womb or they want to sexualize them at a library or in a school. 
uh, and they want to make sure that the Jeffrey Epstein list never gets revealed. And so that the people that were actually clients, they, they didn't put Epstein away. They didn't put this. What's her name? Giselle or Gazelle or Ghislaine, Maxine, <laughs> Maxine. Or they, they don't put these guys away for life, but none of their clients have ever been revealed or held accountable for their action is crazy to me. So, yeah, I, I'll wear the tinfoil hat. This, this and apologize for my language. This shit looks crazy to me. It looks it's satanic. A lot. It's uh, a lot. I get time to look at the abortion when I did. It'll show how melanin is worth more than gold. Me and you being black, we're worth more than gold about a pound. Melanin is worth more than gold about a pound. So it leaves you to think, why would they put Planned Parenthood in our hoods? Because, you know, organs with melanin in it, it's worth more than any organ of a non-melanated human. That's not a conspiracy. I'm just stating state fact. But we do know that more babies, black babies are aborted in New York every year than born. So I'm sure it's pretty profitable. Dom, I got to go. Thank you so much. Appreciate the time. We will be praying for you tonight. Yeah. All right. And hopefully nights after that as well. Thank you. That's Dom Luker. That was a lot. <clears throat> hopefully we won't get canceled. Uh, look, you guys need to blaze TV news and entertainment for people who love America. No matter what age you are, there's something on here for you. You'll get all the news of the day, but you'll also get so much more from opinion to spirituality, from observations on the world events to outright comedy to sports news. There truly is something for everyone. All you need to do is pick the plan that fits you best and then watch live and on demand for your fa on your favorite device anytime, anywhere. Are you a student, a member of the military, or a first responder? If so, don't forget to include that when you subscribe, and you'll get a $30 discount on an annual pass. The left wins cultural battles. The Blaze TV is out to win the culture war. That outfit depends on you. So sign up today and get all the entertainment and enlightenment you've been missing. Join Blaze TV today and get $30 off an annual pass with our student, military, or first responder discount. Just go to Subscribe blazetv.com. Click the verification button and enter your ID to get started. That's $30 off an annual pass for students, military, and first responders at subscribe blazetv.com. Subscribe blazetv.com. Hit me with an email about this show. Give me the 10,000 likes. Go to Apple, hit the five star review, write a review. Tennessee Harmony. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, welcome back. I'm going to change up a little bit here, switch up the topic. 
it's Wednesday, as you guys know. That means it's time for some Tennessee Harmony. Uh, Anthony Walker, I said that right this time, is here uh, with us, as is Virgil Walker uh, via Skype. Uh, we'll have Dave Shannon a little bit later. We'll ask uh, Anthony to bless the conversation, and then we'll get into it. Father God, we're thankful for today, thankful for all the blessings you've given us. Uh, Father, we pray for those who are listening in and pray for this discussion uh, as we discuss weighty matters here, but only balanced by what your word tells us. So help us every day to live according to your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Uh, so guys, yesterday, I believe I got an email from uh, a fan of the show, Neil. And as I tell you guys all the time, I love when you email me. I love when you email me topics. I love when you tell me about supporting one of our sponsors. I love when you tell me you're coming to Roll Call. Nothing is better, though, than when you send me content <laughs> and topics and things for us to discuss on this show. I think last week we started with an email from uh, someone uh, that emailed us, and, and we're gonna do it again this week. Neil uh, lives in Richmond, Texas, and he says, he sends me uh, a picture. This billboard is a couple of miles from my home here in Richland, Rich, Richmond. Uh, sorry the picture stinks, but it says, stop having kids. This area, though diverse, is, is still probably a slight majority white and very family-centric. Uh, what do you think of the sign would mean if the colors were flipped or inverted, making the baby on the billboard black in color? I think there would be national outrage and it would be inevitably uh, removed, maybe even by force. Just had to share this with you because it seemed like uh, it's, it's kind of your ir irony. You may even have a deeper take on this. I included a link to the organization below as well. The organization is called StopHavingKids.org. And so there's the billboard. You're riding around Richmond. And, and Neil, I do have a deeper take on this. than And not your question is legitimate and authentic. But my, my deeper take is like, this is all part of this, what I believe, is like this secular, satanic movement that like, kids and cre procreation are somehow evil and wicked and the problem with the world are kids and we need to stop either through abortion or just choosing not to have kids. And that seems like that is in direct opposition to instructions we've been giving from, from God. And, and, and I'll, I'll go a cut deeper and then I'll let Anthony and Virgil take the conversation of their reaction because I shared the email with them. Take it wherever you want. But, but, but when I look at all this anti-kid stuff, I connect it to this whole climate thing that we have going on, that climate change and we're going to destroy the world. And I have to admit, when, when the whole climate thing or when I first came in tune with the climate thing, Al Gore's Inconvenient Truth came out, and I thought, wow, this is powerful. What a movie. Oh, man, the world's going to end. And then, just through thought and reflection, and this happened 10, 12 years ago, or not long after I watched it, I was like, so hold on. I'm supposed to believe that we as humans are more powerful than God, and we can destroy the world. <laughs> we can destroy what he created. And I started going, I don't believe that. And I started telling people that argument. And, and, and so 
I, I just connect all of this stuff, the climate deal, not having kids. And if you go to this website, stophavingkids.org, it, it just seems evil to me. Anthony, what, what was your reaction? Evil is exactly it. God does have a created order, uh, the, the, what he wants to do with his creation. Uh, the first command that he gives to Adam and Eve are to be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. Now, the word replenish in the original language literally means to fill. He said, I want you to fill the earth, this whole earth. I want it to be full of offspring. And that's to Adam, Eve and all of creation. Seems like the trees, the flowers, they're doing their job. We're supposed to be doing our job. But now we have a move that's saying, oh, wait, let's stop having kids. Let's stop that. Let me read a couple of passages real quick uh, about what David has to say from God's perspective on children. Psalm 127, verse three, he says, children are a heritage from the Lord. Offspring are a reward from him. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are children born in one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. And then he goes on in the 128. He says, your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house and your children will be like olive shoots around your table. Now to uh, the early Hebrew, to the Jew here, an olive tree and a lamb was all or, or, or a pair of lambs was all that a family would need to sustain them. They could eat the olive fruit. They've got the olive oil. They've got meat from the lamb like you would be good. And after you take care of an olive tree for so many years, it will take care of itself. So it will last. There are olive trees right now in Israel that are 2000 years old. They just continue to go. And so what David is saying is when you have children, this is like an olive shoot into the world, an extension of God's rule and reign into the world, and it will sustain itself. So all of this heritage, all of this blessing, what organization or any people would want to say, stop having kids? And what I noted, you noted a lot of things on the website. Two of the things I noted on the website, number one, is that everybody that made the website and commented on the website, these are people that are alive. <laughs> so so that's, that's the first observation I made. But secondly, that I observed is this whole idea of let's take care of the people that we have and let's not bring any more people into this world. This is antithetical to what God has to say. God sustains us. God empowers us. We can do both. We do need to do a whole lot more in taking care of those who are less fortunate. But bringing children into the world and it is an extension of God's created order into the world. Virgil. Anthony just set this up so well, and, and he's exactly right. Uh, this is antithetical to everything that we see uh, in the scripture about being fruitful and multiplying. Uh, this is the opposite of that. It, it's it's really what it what it actually is, Jason. Is I kind of went when tried to do a deeper dive, like where are these people coming from, and what it is is it's a connection back to kind of the paganist religionists who who think that or believe that they are somehow in control of created order. That uh, they're the they they fall into one of three camps, and all of which, interestingly enough we've covered on, on this show. 
Uh, one of the areas that they fall into is, is the divinity of, of nature. Uh, they see nature as divine. Uh, they see nature as primary uh, rather than nature being something that emanates from God for which we examine and, and, and what scripture tells us is, is that the, 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 the earth, the stars, the moon, all, all glorify a sovereign God who created it. Um, they, they, the second area that they fall into that are, are climatists. And, and these are the people who think that we have something directly to do or, or, or that we can directly impact what God has created by what we do. Uh, they, they, they believe that we are bigger than God, we are greater than God, and somehow something that we did not create, uh, we can have direct sovereignty over. That's problematic. And then the third area that they fall into is, is again, something you've covered on the show is the divine feminine, right? That, that, that idea that, that women are indeed divine. And so there's the worship of that. You see that throughout the scripture with the worship of idols of, of all kinds, uh, different gods with multiple breasts, things like that. You see that uh, as well in the scripture. So you see this paganism uh, taking place in the text of scripture, and it's absolutely a violation of God's order. We're seeing it in the way that these anti-natalism or anti-natalists, uh, as they as they term themselves, uh, are are operating as well. Uh, Anthony laid the foundation of why the, there's great benefit in having children, the joy of having children. Most of these people who are who are who are anti-natalists uh, haven't had a child. Uh, had they, if they'd had one, they would recognize the absolute joy that is that is unspeakable. I could tell you about how wonderful it is to have a child. I could tell you about the love that you're gonna have when you see uh, a, a child uh, of your own created in, in God's image, but there will be nothing, I, my, my explanation of it, regardless of how wonderful it is, will be nothing compared to the absolute joy that you experience in your life as you, uh, uh, as you witness the birth of your child coming into the world. There's absolutely no comparison. There's nothing like it. And to think once that has taken place that you, there's no way with all the love that God's given you for your first child, there's no way in the world that you could have more love for a second one. And then the second one comes along and the love that you had for the first is only amplified as God gives you more love and grace for your second child. And it just goes on and on and on. And so th these people are operating on a level of selfishness that's that's really uh, that's really unbelievable. And and uh, to 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 the final point that, that I'll make is this: people who are promoting the idea that we should stop having babies, they're probably the ones who need to stop having babies. Uh, we need we need people with a biblical worldview that that understand the joy of having babies to have many 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 more children. Uh, so that we can enjoy the the full the full blessing and benefit that God's given us. I I well, I mean, obviously they come at things from a different point of view, but it seems like the message that just needs to be promoted is is let's take better care of our babies. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Let's let's give the babies the tools that they're supposed to have. Mama and daddy mm -hmm. in a family. Yes. L let's and have as many as you want, as long as mama and daddy are there. And 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 let's let's try that and watch how much better the world is. And so I, I, they're playing off of of people's natural response that we're having too many babies in this world that aren't being taken care of. 
And so their solution is stop having them. I'm going to back you. That's not a natural response. It's an evil response to say, let's stop having kids. And, and, and I'm, I don't want to judge, again, I don't want to judge the hearts of everybody associated. There may be someone on the outskirts of this who might say, oh, I just kind of caught wind of the message and it, it seems like it makes sense. Let me give you a biblical example. Jesus in Matthew chapter 16 uh, he establishes his church soon after he tells his disciples that I'm going to have to die. And Peter, one of his right hand men, came to him and, and, and rebuked him, said, no, you can't do that. And Jesus responds to him by saying, get behind me, Satan. Peter may have been well-meaning. He didn't want to lose his Lord at the time. He didn't want to lose him at that moment. But the message of stopping me from dying for the sins of the world, that's satanic. So anything that goes against God's order, even if it's well intended, it's satanic. It's evil. So this idea of we're having too many babies, let God be the judge of that. God could tell us how many if there are any, but he wanted the world to be full, full of of my influence, full of what it does. And I'll add this as well. Virgil mentioned as being a parent. There's this. There's this thing that you learn being a parent. You aren't perfect as a parent. You're still growing in your relationship with God. You begin to see how God has parented you as you're parenting your child. But then you get to a place, and this is a place that I'm in right now, where I'm recognizing the world that I'm in, the world that I'm serving, ministering to, uh, trying to make better, is a world that I won't get to see, right? This is a world that's, that my children are gonna grow up in. One of these that I won't even be able to see that world. And so now what I'm doing is preparing my children for that world in ways that they can make it better. It's a beautiful challenge. It's a beautiful uh, a burden to have. I said, man, I, this world is gonna be changed because of what God is doing through my family and through other believers' families, and we're gonna make it better. So to say again, stop having babies, they're talking about on the website, they want to have a future. (laughs) The only future they're going to have is none because they will be the last of the generation if we stop having kids. Virgil, I'm going to let you go on this, but I want you to answer this question for me. And, and, And I appreciate and understand Anthony's rebuke. So talk the layman that's out there, the, the perhaps the non-religious person or, or just the unknowing person. And, and I'm putting myself in that shoe, in that, in that camp. Is there, is God upset? Does he want us to keep having kids out of wedlock and uh, not properly taking care of our kids. Wouldn't God say, stop having kids out of wedlock, stop uh, not taking care of your kids? And Anthony, after Virgil, you're shot your head, jump in. Yeah, yeah, I, I would I would say no to that. I mean, would, would God would God promote uh, having a having a child out of wedlock? The, the, the issue there, the sin there is not the the issue of the child being born. And in, in a situation like that, the sin there was the fornication that took place before that created the child. So at issue with God is not the child being born. 
it's the the sin of sexuality or sex outside of the boundaries of what he's of his created order. So that that's that's the issue. So so we would we would welcome the child. We would bless the child. We would be grateful that the child was born. Uh, we would be saddened by by the sinful condition that 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 caused it to take place. Uh, but the beauty of the gospel is that even in that, there's forgiveness uh, in that if, if for for those who who repent of sin and place their full faith. Uh, in Jesus Christ, so so we, we've got to separate those two. We've done, unfortunately, we've done this in the uh, in the debate uh, around abortion, um, where where we say, well, wouldn't it wouldn't it be better if, uh, in the instance of rape, uh, wouldn't it be better if the child is aborted? Well, the the, the ch- in the instance of rape, the child is not the issue. Uh, the issue is is the rapist who who needs to be confronted uh, with what he has done wrong. Uh, that that they need to f- face the full measure of the law. The child has done nothing uh, to require uh, uh, be, being murdered in the womb. Uh, no child should pay for the sins of, of the father. Uh, we've equated that, that, hey, it's okay in this instance to kill a child uh, if it's conceived in rape. And, and the reality is it is the absolute same sin as murder. Now what's happened for the woman, she, she's dealt with the, 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 the rape, which is traumatic on every level. But now she's also dealing with the sinfulness of the abortion, the murder of the child in the womb. Uh, the other thing is the thought process behind that is we're going to erase a rape happening if we can murder the child. And, and, and nothing could be further from the truth. That memory will stay with that woman forever, uh, regardless of what happens, whether she gives the baby up for adoption or not. And again, I, I don't say these, I, I, don't, I don't mention these things flippantly as if those things don't matter or as if the woman would not be traumatized in that situation. Absolutely. But we've got to separate those things, fornication from the blessing of a child. We've got to separate a, a rape uh, and, 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 and a, an abortion. Uh, we've got to separate those things, recognize that the, rape, that, that the rape was the sin that needs to be addressed, but that the child does not need to be aborted in those instances. All of this conversation, Jason, around uh, antinatalism, reminds me of of the eugenics movement of the early 1900s with Margaret Sanger. Uh, all of that was a was an effort to uh, ensure population control. Uh, it was the idea that we had limited resources. Uh, and as a result, we needed to make sure that only the best and brightest of us uh, were available uh, and able to 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 procreate. You had the you had the the, the government uh, connected with the idea of of sterilization uh, of women, involuntary sterilization of women, and and all always in these instances, these ideas take on racist uh, uh, ideas, racist ideology, racist forms. So we've got to be careful of anything calling it itself anti-natalism. Uh, we've got to be careful of of eugenics. We've got to be careful of, of of putting things, ideas together, like the idea of fornication, and because that, then then we shouldn't have the baby because the baby's in a bad environment. There's never a reason. There's never a reason. Hear me clearly. There's never a reason to kill a child in its mother's womb. He's. He just hit it on the head. The issue that, that they're trying to add up is we've got an issue with sin that has a lot of people uh, having sex outside of marriage. Therefore, there are a lot of children being born out of wedlock. We've got a lot of sin as it relates to rape and molestation that also results in a lot of children uh, being born into some unfortunate situations. But again, two wrongs don't make it right. So. Killing the kid doesn't make the sin go away. 
uh, or punishing. Let's just stop having kids. No. How about let's start living the way that God wants us to live. Let's start taking our time and building uh, fruitful relationships, marrying, building a family and utilizing this as a discipling method in teaching God's word and sending out good, productive, God fearing citizens in the world. God is about this freedom in his bounds, in the bounds of marriage. You're free to have as many children and continue this thing going on. But according to the world, it's all about restriction and all about, hey, let's stop having kids. Let's stop getting married. Let's stop doing things God's way. Uh, thank you, Virgil. We're going to move on and bring uh, Dave Shannon in uh, next. So uh, stay tuned for that. Dave Shannon next. Come back. Uh, let's bring in Dave Shannon, America's baby daddy. Uh, <laughs> Dave's got seven kids with his wife out in Idaho. I can't think of anybody more qualified uh, to talk about this topic than Dave. I mean, he's, his resume says that he is the ultimate expert on this. So, uh, Dave, when you see billboards in, in, in Richmond, Texas, and, and this group, Stop Having Babies, or Stop, yeah, StopHavingBabies.org, or StopHavingKids.org, is actually uh, based out of Portland, Oregon, not far from from you. Uh, obviously, there's no billboards like this in Idaho. You would have burned it down. Uh, <laughs> so, Dave, what what do you uh, what do you make of this? Oh man, Jason, I'm kind of split on this. I looking at the billboard and knowing the people who put it on, I actually agree with the billboard. I think that those people who put up the billboard need to follow their own advice and not have any more kids. And then I think they should do something else. I have advice for them. I think they should go all the way because it's not safe enough just not to have kids. I think they need to stop having sex totally, cut off their penis, sew the whole thing up and just tuck it away. And then in one generation, we will be done with this kind of foolishness. So that's my first thought on this is like, man, I'm with y'all. Y'all go do this for the next 50 years and let us real folks who have been baptized through the power of the spirit and been saved in Christianity because of Jesus Christ. Let us go ahead and fix the rest of the world. So me and my wife might have to pick up another one because they don't have to have any more kids, but we'd be all right. So that's my first thought on this. I think that they should take their own advice. And, and, and just to say one more thing on that part, Jason, they have been turned over to their own lusts and desires like Roman 1 talks about, right? He has turned them over so that God is like, this is what you want? Okay, have at it. Paul talked about this too. If they want to try to find the Judaizers in Galatians, if they want to try to find some sort of way to be righteous outside of the work of Jesus Christ, then go ahead and cut it all the way off just to make sure that you get it all done. So that's my first thoughts on this. Now, let me talk to the people who really matter. I think that... We as Christians need to look at something like this and see this almost the same way that we see the Second Amendment and our, uh, our gun rights. We need to see these folks. Think about this poster saying this, Jason. We need to make no more guns, no more ammo. Stop making ammo. Stop making guns. If we saw that sign, every person who understands their constitution would be like, I wonder why these folks don't want me to have ammo. And I don't, I wonder why they don't want me to have a gun. 
you know what? Just because they told me that today, you know what I'm going to go do? I'm going to order me some more ammo <laughs> and I'm going to go buy me one more gun. It doesn't matter how many guns I have. Obviously, because of this billboard, I need one more. And this goes back to what Pastor Anthony was saying earlier when he was talking about Psalms, saying that a, a child is like an arrow in the, in the hand of a mighty warrior, right? Now, if you keep on going down that Psalm, it says that he won't be made ashamed when he meets with his enemies in the gates. Mm-hmm. Our enemy knows that children are the way in which their kingdom falls. When we, as fathers and parents, raise our children up and fashion them and send them and shoot them out into the world, because we're the mighty warriors that the scriptures are talking about, we fashion and shape and raise our kids in the fear and admonition of the Lord. And when we shoot them out there, we're saying, oh, man, we need an attorney general because it's he, he's not being faithful. You know what? Andrew, this is what you're going to be. Pew! We shoot him out. We train him up. We raise him up to be a godly man who fears the Lord. And he, he you know what? You're going to be a good lawyer. You know, we need some godly teachers out there, ones who don't want kids to have their penises cut off um, and want, doesn't want to make them man or woman. You know what? You, Lydia, you're going to be a teacher. We find that this is where the culture is lacking. We raise our kids to fear God and we shoot them out. When we go and meet with our enemy at the gates, we have an arsenal. And this, we should see these kind of things. Anytime we see fruitless, fruitlessness from the world trying to get us to be fruitless as an attack on our arsenal the same way that we see it when it comes to guns. Dave, I, I want, and I'm going to follow Anthony with this. What, what do you think of my take that this is connected to the whole climate argument? That, that part of the climate argument is to convince people there's too many of us. Quit having kids. We're destroying the earth. And, and I, I see these two movements working hand in hand. And that's why they promote this whole and this climate change thing has been going on under different names since the 1960s. They, they, yep. I've seen newspaper articles where they were predicting the Ice Age and this and that. And, and it's going to be over with by 1983. I, these two deals are climate and abortion and stop having babies, they're all working together in collaboration. Absolutely, Jason. You've nailed it right on the head. Matter of fact, I'll even take it a step further and said the climate issue and not having babies is really a Trinitarian heresy. And what I mean by that is it's trying to say something about the Godhead that's not true and describe a different type of God that actually than actually exists. The Trinity, it, when it came together to form the universe, the, the interaction and engagement of the Trinity was so overflowing that it created a world of overflowing and replenishing possibilities just like the God that made it. And so what we're trying to say about creation is that it doesn't have the resources to continue operating in the same way that God. God has made the world to operate that reflects him. And so when we look at the universe, it's still expanding. It's still going because it's reflecting his creator. Man and woman made in the image of God to reflect their creator. Their love produces fruitfulness, just like within the Trinity. My children are a reflection of my love to my wife, me and her and our relationship. And, and Jason, obviously you can tell, I really love her. I got seven kids. So fruitfulness <laughs> is a reflection of a triune God who's made a triune world that replenishes it. We're the only planet that I know of, 
that has fruit that was put on it. God has designed the world so that the resources, like Pastor Anthony was saying earlier, continue to replenish themselves because it says something about him. And what the climate change and the, all the climate stuff wants to do is to try and paint a different form of transcendent God. One that says, is you can't replenish. There's limited resources. And unless you manage it with grasping for stuff, you will die. That is not the God that made the world. He doesn't ever end. He has no end. And so he's made a world that reflects the nature of who he is and the fact that it replenishes and serves. One of the things that fruitfulness does is that it takes care of the next generation, like Pastor Anthony was saying. Having children takes care of grandparents and parents, and it continues to go that way. One person, one of my kids can change the dynamics of the whole world just by coming up with a way to serve their neighbor. And just that's just one of my kids that can do that. I mean, fruitfulness is a blessing. And when we fight against it and to try and do what the climate change uh, community does, we are saying something different about the God that made the world. So I think you're dead on. Anthony, before the show, you made the comment to me about put in perspective, like, mm-hmm there's really not as many of us out here as they're trying to make you believe. Yes, mathematically, if we took every person and stood them side by side and arranged them in a row, we could all stand in the state of Texas. All eight billion of us could stand in Texas. So God has a whole lot of this world to take care of us. And he himself, as Dave keeps mentioning, he is not just a resource, God is the source to help to sustain the creation that he made. The issue that I see with some of these movements and groups, uh, Paul addresses this in Romans chapter one. You heard Virgil talk about it. Uh, I think Dave may have alluded to Romans one as well. Paul says in Romans 1:25, they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served the creation rather than the creator mm. who is forever praised. So when we shift our focus and our worship to anything other than God, we're moving it to creation versus the creator. When we see one another, we're seeing the creator. When we see a fruit tree that comes from one seed, but it bears fruit that has several seeds and it just continues to go on and on and on, we're seeing a reflection of what God has done. So all of this is antithetical to the move of God. Dave, you got anything else? You got anything else you you want to add or should we let you go? Go ahead. uh, You know what? Don't believe the lie. The lie is that God doesn't provide for his people. Get married, have kids, teach them to love the Lord. And this is just how simple and how weak the other side is. If they stop having kids, this all goes away and we win. And all you have to do... (laughs) Find a beautiful woman, love her to death, and let the love that you guys have be in your children and train them to love God. And within a generation, we are looking at a whole new America and a whole new world. Thank you, Dave. Thank you, Anthony. Thank you, audience. Give me those 10,000 likes. Uh, We'll play some harmony. We'll see you tomorrow. divided stop fighting and stand tall we used to 
Tell 